You know, every brown person, or typically, they go through like a white music phase. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know about this, but tell me about it. What, what, what? So that was one of hers. Yeah, Google Dolls. Is one what was of your white music? What, phase. what was your white person phase, music phase? Oh God. Was it Duncan that, Sheets barely breathing? Oh, we should we should we should make a poll. Right? You you guys take a guess. Take a guess, each of you. Um, what? Give me give me a, a give me a genre. Um, it, or or era or, or like give a, me a couple yeah, of years yeah, like a, where like you were like, oh range. yeah, this is really I'm jamming to this. Ninety to ninety to ninety to two thousand, so ten years. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the entire nineties, you jammed on something. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I feel like I don't know you well enough to answer this. Anyone? Do it has to do. Let's think alternative in a sense. Okay. Alternative pops area. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna fucking. Corn. Is it a question? I'm gonna say corn. Anyone else? That's close. Anyone else? Close. Else close. Limp biscuit. No. Oh god, I hated limp biscuit. No, oh. no one can go through that phase. In no. Disturbed. <laughs> no. Okay. System of a down. I did listen to some System of the Down. Yes, yeah. I still listen to the System of the Down. They're still really good. Okay. Yeah, I do, do give, give us the answer then. Is it POD? <laughs> but the bodies hit the floor. I'm so, I'm so glad that you said floor. ICP because then I would have totally laughed my ass. <laughs> hey, I've seen ICP in concert. Oh, what's the answer? What's the answer here? Um, it was, uh, well, I was a big Nirvana kid. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh Jesus! Right. That's not like a that's, that's not like going so through like a white music face. It's oh, like oh, it's yeah. actually, great, actually, it's actually, the, Jim Blossoms. Oh, oh, right, that, oh that's, that's pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's no Matchbox <laughs> Twenty, but it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, hey, jealousy! Hey, do hey don't do that. So right. now you guys know, like, if, if we I if could just, just crash here tonight, we might blow the whole thing and I've got no place to go. That and Counting Crows. Oh. It can only get worse. It's a white dread. You're really milkshake ducking this. You're really good. There's a couple songs in my like. Fuck, Lifehouse. Oh, <laughs> oh holy oh, shit. That's a good that one. was horrible, and yes. You literally did just milkshake duck this. Danielle, what was that Lifehouse single? Hanging by a moment. She goes, she's in the boat. She's like, hanging by a moment? She Told can't you. hear any of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think that literally was a single that was White person music phase. She's like, ooh, hanging by a moment is peak white people. Yeah, that's that's like that's like you almost accidentally got like pulled into an evangelical church. I got, I, I was close. I was close. Oh, I thought you were high fiving me. No, 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 no. I was doing the wave. Yeah, yeah, Danielle yeah. and I play this game whenever we drive back to Pennsylvania, which we're doing next week. Is in Western Pennsylvania, we play this game. Is it? Uh, like, is it top 40 or is it Christian rock? And she gets oh. to decide, and all she does is she just puts her hand up, and it's always Christian rock. So where do you guys fall on uh, Creed? Oh. I, I, the first record? Or Are like the... fucking kidding me? I am... <laughs> Not anymore. I, I mean, actually, I also did not mind the first record. I saw them like play the Quest off of like when they're touring the first record. I was like, West is, West this is podcast like, has fallen apart. I mean, I knew that I was dealing with a 
a, a recovering Dave Matthews fan, but I didn't realize that. No, no, you can't recover if you haven't <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> You right. still oh, have other chunk. questions now. Do you guys want to record a podcast? I have like seven. Hello and welcome to the 55 One Podcast. It is a special late night post game edition of, of our podcast, the, the 55 One Podcast, as I mentioned. Um, I've got <laughs> Corey Schreppel, uh, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Uh, hello, everyone. How are you? Hi. We just um, uh, in pre-podcast. Uh, I don't know what will make the uh, the cold open, but we just talked about um, everyone's terrible taste in music, and I'm sorely disappointed in all of you. What do you think the worst band is that you've had an obsession over? Mark, you go first because I, I uh, we've hit a little bit of this. What's the worst band you've you've been like? I bought m- multiple records or listened to this for a long time. I'll tell you mine is Oasis only because not that Oasis is the worst, but that I literally owned every single, including the single they put out of just Noel and Liam fighting. Like I was obsessed with Oasis to a degree that um, my father, who is a musician should have disowned me uh, and, and, and did not thankfully, but um, instead he forced me to listen to Chicago and tower of power which is also torture. Anyway, Mark? Uh, there was a chunk of time before I got into punk music, so like 10th grade-ish in high school, where I must have been hanging out with the wrong crowd because I ha- I still have some um, Insane Clown Posse mm. uh, albums sitting on the shelf. That's legit terrible. Good, Good yeah. for you. Yep. Corey? It's either they both hit at the same time, which is really weird, Uh it's either Hootie and the Blowfish or Kiss, one of the other. How deep did you go into either of those? Especially, actually, Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, I do need to. I mean, How I deep? think I mean Hootie and the Blowfish. Like Hootie still slaps, so it's fine. It's probably Kiss then. Um, yeah, Does Hootie, he? Hootie Does, slaps. Hootie wait, slaps. Uh, Hootie slaps. Don't talk shit about Hootie. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> no. All right, Rodrigo, do it. Who's, who's <laughs> the who, Who's the band that you went the deepest in? Uh, um, that was terrible. That's don't don't um, give me a look like that was perverted, Corey. It was though. I mean, um, geez. Okay, so when we had you guys remember when like they used to have those uh, mail in like you can get eleven CDs for for like Columbia one House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Columbia yeah. House. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Like I would do that, and I think um, I did. Um, it was uh, ah fuck. It was Creed, probably. <laughs> Ooh, nice. But I but I did that with like the Columbia thing because I was like, well, crap! I'm just gonna get a bunch of CDs that I don't really know about, but I'll just get them all. And the yeah. best part about the Columbia House thing is that you could like say I refuse to pay, and they're like, no, you owe this much, and you're like, oh, really? I'm a minor. Did my parents co-sign this contract <laughs> with the, with you? And they're like, no. And then you get all the CDs for free. Um, well, I'm glad we had this uh, moment that people could then turn off the podcast. Congratulations if you are still with us. Let's start. Um, we've got two Minnesota United games to talk about, and you can tell by the way that we are not talking about them that uh, they're not good. Um, but non-game uh, news. Um, the biggest kind of thing that happened in U.S. soccer outside of uh, of these games um, was the San Diego Loyal uh, debacle. 
um, craziness. It was a crazy week for Landon Donovan's team, um, Salziso's team, etc. Um, Rodrigo, do you want to give the 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 short? I mean, I guess we can start with like a week before this. There was, you know, a <laughs> racist incident uh, between them right. and LA Galaxy too. Right, and in which a player from um, San Diego Loyal was, um, you know, racial slurs were thrown at them, so especially the N-word. So, and of course, nobody knew about it until the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's what set up the next uh, incident because then they had a conversations about not only as a team, but as a coaching, what where they're going to be their steps Uh and um, so then you you play Phoenix Rising, who is, I think, one of the top teams in the USL, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so they had forfeited previously, though, because of the incident, um, SC Loyal had, had proposed to or put in the paperwork to resent the one-tie point because it's a one-one tie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so forfeited to say, we don't want any part of this, et cetera. Right, we don't want this point. Yeah. And I don't know if USL took that away yet, Um but I think they, they might have awarded that. So, so then it comes. They're playing um, Phoenix Rising, one of the better clubs. You know, I think I think at this point they already had qualified for for playoffs or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, but Loyals needed three points. If they would have gotten this win, they would have qualified. They would have been able to make the playoffs. And it's um, it's right around right towards the end of the half, and where. Um, Former loon Colin Martin um, has been uh, talking, has been trying to get the rest of attention of saying that a certain player on the Phoenix Rising has been calling him a, a, a homophobic slur, right? Yeah, and then in, the referee. In like, in like a Jamaican, it's like a Jamaican right, slang. Right. It's like Jamaican, that, yeah, it's just slang. It's to, and so, like, and so the ref. Um, misunderstands and 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 it thinks colin and, is calling him because it gives colin a red card because he thinks he's calling him a, a homophobic slur right and so like everything's happening so at, at, at uh at, at halftime kind of sense right and then like then colin martin goes to the fourth <laughs> official to explain his situation and what had happened and so then you have a congregation between all the referees they are Don London Donovan, Landon Donovan, and um, what's the Phoenix Rising's coach? Is it uh, Richard? Uh, Rick Shantz. Yeah, Rick Shantz. And and so they're having this conversation about what was said. Um, Colin Martin already told Landon Donovan what was being said, and so they're having a conversation as to what the situation is within this conversation. It's been, you know, even subtitled on on social media uh-huh. by, by now. Um, the referee did not understand that what the Jamaican player, in this case Fleming, was using was uh, um, uh, a homophobic slur. And so he did not understand. And so when he heard Colin repeating that or, or saying that to the referee, he gave him the red card for saying that. He then was going to rescind, he rescinded the red card, right? And that's what led to the to the conversation into which they um, that's they were having, we get- London Eleven were having into aspect of like, and that's where you hear those like, you know, we got to get this out of the game. Uh, you know, this has happened to us 
we had we this club's been dealing with a lot last week was this yeah. now this we need to get this out of the game and then um and then the phoenix rising coach is like well this is part of part of the game well, how long you've been playing soccer this whole trying to take he's trying to defend his his players actions but they are not defendable whatsoever right and i think the thing that gets me the most is that you know and um is the fact that Landon Donovan and the team gave uh, the Phoenix Rising a option, right? If this player, if you remove this player from this game, we will continue playing. And a lot of the players on that Phoenix, I mean, in that San Diego Loyal team wanted to finish the game, right? Uh, but when Phoenix Rising decided that they weren't going to do that is when they decided to that they were going to after talking about it decided that they were going to forfeit um, the game and I think um, two things have happened since that um, Flemings has been suspended for the rest of the playoffs I think it's a six game suspension uh, the Phoenix Rising coach has put out a statement saying that he acknowledges that what he said at that moment is not the right thing that you know, blah, 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 blah. He was also, uh, the coach was also put on administrative leave by the club as well. Right. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things and in, in, in you all mostly know my, my disagreement, shall we say, with Landon Donovan. But the fact that he's been, as a coach, he is exactly what you want to see, um, in a coach, in the aspect of not only standing behind your player, but also not standing for things that have been happening on the field, not only at a professional level, but like high school and college. And to even bring it back to Minnesota only, like, you know, Isa, my daughter, who plays Wacomo Park High School last year, went to Maramira, where there were mm. racial slurs being thrown on some of her teammates. They try to they try to communicate that with the referee. Nothing was done through it. You know, they ended mm-hmm. up losing sectionals to Maramirai. And then, like, you know, um, there was an appeal process. You know, our coach said said, you know, this is what happened, this is the accounts, they turned it in. The parents from the from Como Park High School also went the route of trying to engage Minnesota State High School leagues the correct way that they suggested. And we never got an answer from any of that, right? And and here we are, um, you know, um, here we are now today where because of the political climate and the social climate that we are in, we still don't have set policies and anything of this in sports to what a coach is supposed to do or what a team is supposed to do. And so I, I applaud Landon Donovan. I applaud... San Diego Loyals for for taking a step to create change because there's a lot of people out there who are saying, well, the best way to create change oh, is yeah, to beat not... them really badly, and <laughs> well, that will show you no, that that doesn't create change. And, right? and it the, doesn't the create. Change. We can all agree that it part doesn't. About Landon, and you know, I I think that um, he's a very weird, complicated man, um, but what he's done over the years is really just kind of not give. A fuck in some ways about like just I'm just gonna like pay attention to these really important issues of like my mental health like I've been a professional since I was 16 I'm just gonna go to Cambodia for a year and like and like get my brain right and then in this case it's like 
we're just going to give up. We don't care if we didn't make the playoffs. What we've done is we've stood up. And that kind of stuff, hopefully, it will take a long, long time, will trickle to high school stuff where, look, professional games are being stopped. You have more teams. I hope more teams like San Diego take these kind of stands. Um, and once they start standing up, once we start seeing the top levels of soccer being like, no, screw it. We don't care. We're not going to play if you if you are going to be homophobic, racist, whatever. Um, last, last thing is just yes. that um, for me personally, I think um, I think the apology is is a, is an okay step, but a better step would have been removing the player. Oh yeah, yes. The option was there on the table from the yeah. beginning, and so that comes down to to coaching. And that comes down to the culture that that being brewed or being seen. Like when my dad was playing, or when you know our parents or decided to pick up a ball and then run the field, you know that might have been acceptable behavior, right? Right. But we're in 2020 now, and that's just not acceptable. And if it takes, uh, you know, more teams walking out to take to send that message, then I think that's what's going to need to be happening. Um, the other thing we want to hit um, before we uh, talk about the games, Mason Toy goes to Montreal Impact. Um, he's going to go play with a striker whisperer named Thierry Henry. Um, the deal was uh, it was for 600 in GAM, so 150 in 2020 GAM, 450 in 2021 GAM. If you don't know what that means, then you are a happier person than everyone else in the world. Um we also Minnesota gets to retain some sell-on rights, so I think like it might be a ten percent. I don't know what 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 the um, percentage they get to hold on that. Um, I, I don't know exactly how to frame this question to everyone. Um, so I'll just actually, who wants to just give your take? Because I feel like I have conflicting feelings about this. So Mark, why don't you uh, give me give me the first your first take? Uh, it is. Fantastic for Mason Toy. Uh, he's always kind of uh, his. I mean, he's going to play for his idol. He's kind of always uh, his game has always been very similar to Henri's game, and so the fact that he gets to go play with him now is a dream come true for him. And so that's awesome for him. I'm super happy for him. Fifty five one um, is going to lose his father as a Patreon. So I hope you stay yeah. with us, Vincent. But uh, you, yeah. Anyway, probably thanks not. for listening. But yeah. But I mean, and, and it's, I mean, it's good for, it's good for everybody besides, I mean, the money's fine for Minnesota United if they do something with it. But I mean, besides that, it's just kind of another example of, it's Minnesota strategy is to win now and get veteran players in there to win now. Uh, I think Jeff Reuter said it best, I think it was during his Q&A last week. Where he said the window for the Ozzy Alonso era at Minnesota United is only two or three seasons. Therefore, you need to win now, and there's no time to uh, develop young strikers. And if that is they're, how they're operating, then this totally makes sense for the long term. It hurts just because it doesn't make sense for the long term. So here's one frame that we can look at it. He played in uh, 42 games, scored seven goals, um, and he was sold for about what we got Kevin Molino for. Um, his his goal scoring average was not great. We've talked about on this um, 
on, on this podcast about how we had a great period from, from Mason Toy, and we have not seen him step up this year. So in some ways, we got a pretty good deal here, right? Um, but what you're saying here, Mark, as well, you have to think about, we, we, we always need to think about, where is this team going two, three years from now? Because for me, um, we've talked about youth and how we, how we bring them in. I look at somewhere like Dallas, and I think um, you know, we're never going to have their academy, but the ability to find young people and bring them in, um, I would feel good as a Dallas fan, right? If my team was like Dallas and they were um, constantly, the players that I'm seeing are players who are going to be playing for Bayern Munich. Oh my God. Or the, you know, the fact that we're building for towards something, we're playing interesting soccer. Maybe we don't always win trophies, but that's, that's a pretty good way to live. Um, Minnesota, I don't know what their plan is. Um, and losing Mason toy for Kai Kamara when, you know, we'll talk about this in the games. We have, we have two fit strikers, Aaron Schoenfeld and Kai Kamara, um, none of them have looked good. Um, in fact, all season, we have not had a good striker except for Luis Maria for two games. And was that a fluke? I don't know. Were those first two games a fluke? It, it, in fact, literally, we've never had a set striker for this team. Christian Ramirez is the highest goal-scoring striker for us um, in MLS, and he was always he always had to fight for that, right? We started with Johan Venegas um, the first season, and then was it Abu Dinladi? Did he start that first game in the second season? So I, I guess that's where it would, that's the part that's frustrating. Um, I can get taking a guy and you, the, people offer you good money for him. But every once in a while, you need to figure out, well, okay, why? Well, you know, maybe we believe in Luisa Maria, um, but it's really, it's frustrating. And I don't, I don't know how to fully deal with all the complications of it. One of the I I'm I'm with kind of both of you on this too. I think I think it's it's a it's a double edged sword here. One thing is like you don't want Mason Toy to not develop. You we've seen what his talent could be. He wasn't getting the minutes here for whatever reason, whether it's for all the reasons that you guys have said about developing young players when you need to win now with veterans. Um or Heath just has a preference for a certain style that isn't Mason Toy. Um, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the plan is. And I and looking at this year with Amaria looking like he might have to have ankle surgery, um, which we don't know for sure yet. Which would I, I was told by, by someone who, someone that he is out for the season. Yeah. Um, and and that's looking more and more likely in whatever official channels that we all have access to. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 a little baffling to me. I think I think the strategy is win now, take advantage of the season, and then and if we don't, we're we're writing it off, and we're gonna let. I think it the vibe to me feels like Amaria is going to be signed at the end of the season. That's my that's the vibe that I'm getting um, that he would be signed and they're just going to say, great, just let him have surgery and then he'll come back next year. The, the weird thing is uh, Kai Kamara, 
Aaron Schoen, I, I believe Aaron Schoenfeld. Someone told me this, so I'm, I, but I'm, I've not fully investigated. Um, and Emeria, our three strikers are out of contract at the end of this year. So we will go to the end of this year and have no strikers in contract. Now, yes, we have a chance to sign Emeria. We could re-sign Kai. And we could re-sign Schoenfeld. Um, we'll probably uh, draft a guy who then a year later will be sent to Charlotte or whatever in a expansion draft. Um, just, oh my God, just you, you don't put signs up on the podcast unless we're actually putting out the video of this podcast, which we are not going to do. Um, so we're going into this and the striker situation has never been fit for us. Um, I don't know if uh, Mason Toy was, was the answer. Uh, uh, same thing with Abu Dinladi. We saw him with Nashville tonight. Um, maybe they aren't the answer. At some point, we need someone who is kind of the answer. And that's that, again, and I know that um, people are kind of sick of how much I obsess over Christian Ramirez. If we had stuck with a guy who will score you 12 goals a year, um, just just fucking stick with him. like, And then do all these other things, right? But we have a we have an offense that's working, and the striker is not working. Kai Kamara, Aaron Schoenfeld, right now are not working. So I don't know. Is that it? Anyone else have a toy comment or? Well, I, I just think too that it has to do with the environment and culture that you bring in people into as well. Like with Christian, he wasn't extremely happy with it. wasn't seen eye to eye with management and the aspect of it. And I think Toy saw the writing on the wall when Kai Kamara got bad over here and you know instead of instead of the management saying that no, let's just wait it out let's just play this out you know you we, we value you whatever they were like he expressed that he wanted to go somewhere else and boom you know yeah. they didn't hesitate and good for, i think good. 600 i think the money is great i think um you know you could use that and i would invest that in, in either you know finding a quality player that could play are either striker or uh, that defensive mid that we always be talking about and just try to see if you can reinforce it that way. But if you want to win now, um, then you need to find someone who can score goals. Yeah. And, and I actually don't think it's, you need to find someone. I think the problem is we've had Kai, Aaron, Mason, Angelo. They're not working. It's not working. And so then you have to think, okay, well, is it the players there or are they not? Is, is something not working around them? Um, and, and that's a question that it's hard for me to answer because because I'm just a dumbass. Um, but we but it, I don't think you can just it's a matter of like, well, we just need to find the right person. We need to find a, a system and a person to fit into that. And when you go from um, big ass dude to lump the ball to to a uh, guy with tricky feet who's gonna play off the shoulders and do some movement, Every other time, turn where you go, Ramirez to Angelo to Luis, etc., to Toy, um, that to Kai, those are very different things. What are we looking for? And it's unclear to me. But let's um let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got Cincinnati and Nashville to talk about, um, and uh, we will do that because that's what we do. Back on the 
651 podcast. Let's talk about two nothing uh, Minnesota versus Cincinnati. This is a game that we won 17 to zero last year, or something close to that. Um, Cincinnati have gotten mildly better because they've got me as the head coach or someone who looks like me. Um, we played the four three three, which always works, and uh, hey, it actually did work. Um, I don't really want to talk about this game, guys going to be fucking honest with you um i'm very happy that we got three points um anyone have anything useful to say about this game (laughs) what would you have done if we would have tied cincinnati well there we did talk about at the bar today um uh during the nashville game that um there's a certain amount of times i i take my hat off and i throw it at the the like 12 foot screen that we have um and tonight was a zero hat throwing game i don't know how many since he was um but i probably would have thrown my hat multiple times and then i have to like shamefully get up and pick it up when nothing's going on um uh, since we were playing at home to cincinnati anything but a, a win would be bad um we have to we have a, a good easy schedule going out here but we've got to win games like that um this was a even Adrian Heath said the, said this, so it's Heath approved. It was a poor game. We were not very good, um, but we won, and that's the most important part. Um, Chase Gasper got that uh, penalty um, when his ankle was absolutely crushed. By, yeah, that should have been uh, a red card. It should have been a red card, and they even read. reviewed it with VAR. Um, and then Kai Kamara gets his. Here's first. my question with VAR: Can you review for both? A straight red card review and also a PK review, or are they separated and you can't combine the two? That's a good question. I have no answer to. Anyone know? Cool. No. I just know the rules are kind of stupid. Like, well, we don't get ahead, but like, even tonight, where there's a review. But yeah, I think it's either it's one or the other. You can't do both. So, so I'll say it's PK or it's other. I'm going to disagree and (laughs) say you can. No, you can. You You know what? I'm going to mute you. (laughs) Mute it. Um, so, and then uh, Molino comes in later. He did not start. Um, we started with the kind of uh, Lud, Kamara, Reynoso. Thankfully, Lud was on the left, or uh, uh, right, excuse me. Um, we started with that, and then Molino comes in, and his goal in the 69th nice minute um, was pretty fantastic. It was a counterattack, classic, but he slots it into the far post in a way that I mean, he's just one of those games where you realize how absolutely vital Kevin Molino is. Even with Bebelo, Bebelo does some great glue work, but um, Molino still has, as far as we, I've seen, a little bit more killer class than uh, than even our, our kind of best player in, in Bebelo. And he's their leading scorer. Mm-hmm. I, I, here's, here's the one thing. like When we are given space... And Cincinnati gave us all the space in the world. Uh, we can create really great opportunities. You know, I think for me, one of the highlights for me was the, or my underappreciated Loon Award goes to Ja'Cory Hayes. I thought he did a, a good job. And he had two key passes that I don't know how Loon misses them both. But it was one of those where you're like, you just got to put that away. And um, Loon had and so a very Loody game, yeah. And so, though even though Lute did create opportunities, there were just um, opportunities that we've seen him put in 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 the goal. And so, I think 
even though like we created opportunities in this game, it was frustrating watching the fact that we can't finish and watching the fact that we're stuck with the idea of lobbing the ball from from uh, places. Like the thing about I like about Molino, and we can talk about more about in this in this upcoming game as well as Dotson is their willingness to take dribbles on and dribble at people, um, and that creates havoc. And we like chaos, so chaos is good for us. So, you know, I I thought Hayes did a good job. Um, I thought um, Bebelo will always do a decent job. I do. I I, I don't know. If he's just not in sync with set pieces, because I don't think a lot of those set pieces are on frame. Like, so, but that's stuff that can get worked on. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, if he would have tied or lost this thing, I literally would have stopped watching. So, <laughs> well, we did get four points from two games uh, win at home, draw on the road. I think. Um, Obviously, we want to see us win every game. Uh, Nashville are a weird team and have not given up that many goals, have not scored that many goals. So um, I, I think they've had four nil-nils already this season. Um, so I think this is us beating Cincinnati at home and us drawing nil-nil at, uh, Cincinnati, or at Nashville is actually extremely predictable. Um, and a pretty decent result. I think you know our goal should be you know, four points from two games. If we're going to do home and away, um, the, the, that will get us kind of the the good playoff uh, spots. Let's actually just talk about Nashville. Um, it's a little bit more interesting of a game. Also, it's extremely fresh in our memories. Um, in this game, Chase Gasper did get yellow card accumulation in the last game, so he was out. We started with this um, four man back line, but um, uh, but Debassi was playing left back, and then we had Jacory Hayes, ha- uh, Hassani Dotson in the middle, um, Molino, Bebelo, Ethan Finley was back, and then Schoenfeld started up top. So it was a pretty different squad out there. Um, who, uh, you know, you had a lot of kind of people coming back or doing all these things. Who stood out for you guys? Ethan Finley for me. Um, I think he had a lot of. For someone who has only played two minutes on the field with Babylow, I it, it's nice to see some of that chemistry where Reynoso knows that Ethan is going to be bombing into the box down the, the right flank, and he's also going to be pushing that back line. He's going to be making those runs off of the shoulders that some of our strikers should be. Um, so I think that's going to be a nice... Um, you know, tool in in Reynoso's toolbox in terms of an outlet for him. He knows that he's going to be able to lay stuff off to Molino and do combination play and all that kind of stuff. But he also knows he can he can you know thread some through balls because Ethan Finley is going to be just causing havoc on the back line. Um, and it's his first game back after a knee injury, and I thought he looked about as good as you would expect. He, I think he. Um, he did more than I expected. For the first and 70 minutes, yeah. he was um, really excited to be out there. He was very Ethan Finley. He, he runs yeah, the he things. He was pressing. He was winning balls back. Yeah, and those things. But then he starts giving away bad passes because yep. he hasn't fucking played in two months. Why did he play nine minutes? Oh, my God. Yep. Because that's how we rotate. Oh, my God. Don't you just, know that? Just, uh, just kills me. Um, 
So, uh, Finley, Mark, Rodrigo, do you want anyone stood out for this uh, this game? Uh, for me, it was Michael Boxel. Like, I don't think I saw him do a, f- a whole much of anything wrong the entire match. Especially, uh, there were a couple times I noticed where um, Debassi was, you know, doing his, you know, running up the sideline kind of thing, and he was out covering the um, the you know left side sideline and still doing a great job and just like making the smart plays where he's like getting a good position, tapping it out, uh, defending the ball, like, you know, working, allowing the ball to, you know, defend it out to the, the um, end line for a goal kick. Like he did everything right and just consistent, which I thought was, I mean, there's a, in, in a zero, zero draw, your defense has to be doing something. And he definitely did really, really well tonight. Um, I, I do want to ask you about, uh, well, Rodrigo, one, two, yeah, you go. No, uh, for me, it you know I was gonna say like Chikori and Dotson did a good job, but the thing that stood out to me the most was the the dirty Uruguayan defensive moves that Aha had uh, playing, and I think not enough credit goes to the way that he's always willing to be extremely physical. He saved the ball a couple times, um, but he was like you know he was he was creating havoc and taking people over. I wish some of his headers would be on frame more, but you know the effort is there, and um, yeah, he's he's someone you don't really want to mess with. So, well, I want to talk about Chikori and, and Hassani. I also want to talk about Debasi because I actually don't know how he did as as left back. So think about that for a second. But Hassani and Chikori, uh, I think, um, did. A wonderful job. I obviously have not had a chance to go back and look at the passing maps, uh, but the eye test from that game um, looked really good to me. I think that we can move past the idea of Ozzy and Gregoosh having to be there. I know, Rodrigo, this is like holy, you're totally, you know, putting this in a spoon and lighting it on fire right now because you're on the idea that we need to trade Gregoosh while we have while he's marketable. I think that Jacori has been fantastic. You know, you brought it up, Rodrigo. Um, the the previous game, he is super good. We need to, you know, if he's not starting, he needs to make an appearance every game, just as someone who can bring in uh, extra, le- you know, better or fresh legs, but also something extra to it. Hassani, he's. He's hit or miss sometimes, but um, he was very good tonight. I saw um, someone, I think it was a Nashville fan, refer to, to, refer to him. It was a, a, a tweet in Spanish that referred to him as the octopus and how much he was just like fucking everything up for the opposition and, and how much he kind of gets in the way. I, I really like that that um, uh, partnership, and I would love to see it more. Obviously, we will see it more because Greg now is gone for four or five games because he's going to the nation's league and uh yeah he could be out for i think it's up to six depending on the rules on his quarantine when he comes back ozzy so he, he, he might make an appearance yeah. for the last regular season game yeah. and ozzy obviously is not going to be fit for m- many of those games and so having those two i think is great i'd love to see what that does um so th- those were my two players who i, I really want to talk about but uh, let me ask you guys about uh, Dubasi. I didn't notice him much this game. Uh, obviously, he was not relied on for offensive stuff as much as Chase sometimes is. Um, did he have a good game as a left back? He had an okay game. I mean, he stepped he, into a role. 
Yeah. And he was able to, with Boxel's help, is able to manage a little bit of the chaos because they were attacking on that side mostly. He went up when he wanted to, but he wasn't extremely as aggressive as we, as we see Chase. And I kind of like that just for the fact that it gives us more poise in the back line, specifically when you are uh, away. Um, no, I do I do I do I want him there? No, <laughs> no, I don't. I I think um, I think having um, having him as a center back works. Um, I do think you know that Aha you know is also serviceable as our center back too. So if we can rotate them um, and maybe maybe even give Boxer a break, I don't know if it's even a possibility, but. But I, I thought overall, like he did an okay job, it, um, and we all knew that um, you know it, it's been the mo for Nashville that they're a very defensive team, right? They're defense, they don't want to let up a lot of goals. That's their main goal for the, and, and they don't. But um, one thing I do think, I think Leal is trash. That's all I'm going to say. His his neck tattoo is trash, and I, I know it's a little bit. Um, old man of me to say most neck t- tattoos are trash, but he he had a. Oh. Neck. What if you got a turtleneck tattoo? The, the worst one is uh, Artur Boric. You remember him, the the keeper for Celtic and Southampton, etc. Uh-huh. It, it kind of comes down from his ear, so it looks like um, he looks like a bouncer, right? Like he looks like yeah. he's got one of those curly uh, little cables going into an earpiece in his ear, not just like a Hasidic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a little oh. curl. Yeah, no, yeah. this to me looks like a bouncer thing. Yeah. The thing, the thing, j- jumping off Rodrigo's uh, points about Debassi, and yeah, I wouldn't want him in left back. I think he did a serviceable job. <clears throat> um, if he's going to be there for a while, which he won't be, th- that leaves a question about what do you do with the space in front of him if Molino's going to be coming centrally and all that stuff. But that's, I, it's not a thing we're going to be dealing with that much. But the thing that I really liked about him was seeing his communication and some of his leadership. Um, right before halftime, he's pulling Ja'Cory Hayes and Hassani Dotson and Reynoso into the into the middle after their huddle mm. um, <clears throat> and giving direction and saying, I need you to do this, I need you to do this. It's probably things like, hey, when I bomb up, I, I need you to cover for me. Um, I wonder if it was all in French and they were like, they left I, well, and that, they were that, like, what the fuck did he just I mean, he <laughs> may have been speaking English, but his hand motions were definitely French. Yeah. But it's it's that kind of stuff that I think... There's a little bit of that power vacuum right now with our defense between is Boxel being vocal enough, is St. Clair being vocal enough. Um, I think DeBassi is kind of slotting into that role, which could bode well for the future. Like you said, I think the eye test is, yeah, he's he's good. I'm hopeful um, for him. My my, It's kind of a net positive for me. Okay. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got some Twitter questions. When do we get to rant about uh, uh, he's not using his subs? Oh, fuck. Back on and, the 55 uh, One podcast. <laughs> we didn't talk about the subs. Holy shit. Wait, 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 no, before, substitute. Wait, wait, before we get there, let me just say one thing that can lead into this. Uh, one thing that I noticed uh, at the beginning of the second half is that our high press was really, really good. Like we caused a ton of national turnovers either in their half or right in the center of the field. The thing is, going into that, in order to sustain a high press late in the game effectively, you need to have 
legs that aren't tired. Such as, let's say you have, you know, I don't know, Kevin Molino, who has recently come back from injury. Maybe you could sub him out for Edwards, who has actually looked pretty good. Or maybe you have someone like Finley, who has also recently come back from injury. Maybe you could use Lude, who also would have fresh legs and could do some high pressing. Just a thought. It's me me at the at the bar just being like, I've never said this in my life, but we should be subbing on Lude. Uh, Kendra St. Aubin uh, had this moment where she was like, oh, they all look like they have tired legs. And I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Of course they have tired legs. Like, we should have... We only used one substitute, and it was to bring Kai Kamara in, and Kai Kamara then did nothing. Uh, but you have uh, Raheem Edwards, who should have come on from Molino. You have uh, Robin Lud. Give him 20 minutes on for... Uh, um, who's on the right? Oh, Ethan Finley, who's just back from injury, so you don't want either of those people who are both just back from injury to be injured. It, it's absolutely mind-boggling why we didn't just... I, I, I wonder Asheville. if the commentators had to sign a, an NDA to just not absolutely <laughs> trash him in those moments. Be like, yeah. what the actual fuck? It's weird. what the fish. Uh, so yeah, so we didn't we didn't use subs. It it, it is it honestly is like he's got a um and this um, Janice who was there watching the the game with us. She's just like he's got like a um a little like uh, coffee like card a punch card where it's like all the subs that you don't use she's gonna he's just gonna like cash them all in for a free coffee basically he's been going to caribou and and it's like the all the subs he doesn't get he's gonna he's gonna get a free he doesn't go to caribou where did where does he go where does he go i I think he he drinks tea like a fucker (laughs) yeah he doesn't drink coffee no i i I have a feeling he gets like he gets like gas station coffee and just drinks no, no, it by the gallon. He's not a he's not a Groundswell coffee person. <laughs> no. He definitely is not Groundswell. I would have seen him there. Um, uh, but also talking about subs, has anyone else noticed that uh, the last two matches Chacon hasn't even been in the match day lineup? Have we heard anything about him? They, they they've been online? looking. Still exploring options to loan him out, but now that it's getting so close to the end of the season, they're having a hard time. Yeah, I um, think he's even loading him back to his yeah. to his home his home club. Former member of this podcast, Eric Silverbrandman, has amazing conspiracy theories that he will text you about if he wants. It, it's uh, it's beautiful. You just oh. need to do a like a Chacon special. <laughs> oh. oh, please give me all that, you know. But here's here's the the thing too for this game is just that. Dotson did a lot of a lot of physical work, and so did Jacory Hayes. Jacory Hayes drew a, a, a yellow that, dear Lord, like any of us taking that hit would have been like, that's it. You know, we're done. We're never playing soccer again, never watching the sport again. Um, and they they worked well together, and I just enjoy it more when we dribble into the freaking box. Just dribble into the box. And I think Jacory and I think I, I, I've been missing that from Dotson. I think Dotson's more preoccupied in connecting the passes and disrupting. But for, for crying out loud, you know, bring back some of that magic and the aspect of you trying to dribble through two people and then just letting the ball fly. We need people to take shots. Okay. Tw- Twitter questions here. I'm going to start with this, which is um, from Pump. Pum- Pumpkin Mike Latte. Who's your favorite band that has played Ozfest? 
I think this is actually what led to our uh, pre-game. If if we're actually talking about favorite bands, like bands we actually enjoy and not ironically ironic stuff, like I will say, when you mentioned it was uh, Foo Fighters from was like '98 in the UK. Osfaz, like I pulled up the Wikipedia page. Otherwise, it's like Black Sabbath. Uh, it's all bands I don't fucking know about. It's I mean like, I know Black Sabbath. Like Godsmack, Creed. I don't think Creed yeah. played. None of them. None of them are good. They're all fucking terrible because it's bad genre. Not uh, true. Foo uh, Fighters Tool. 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 Yeah. Tool uh, and also Biohazard played the very first year. Biohazard is fucking yeah. awesome. Tool played the US leg and replaced Foo Fighters who played the UK leg. Super. I can't I can't make an audio sound of me giving the wanker signal. Uh Colin uh, Yeah, you, it's like a it's like a boot stuck in mud, yep. just wetter. Yep. Colin Solberg says, uh, which local MLS food is the best? Meaning MLS uh market and their local like Cuisine is the best. Wait, early leaderboard has Nashville hot chicken, Philly cheesesteaks, and KC barbecue at the top of the leaderboard. Any any you want to throw in there? KC barbecue is trash. It's yeah, it what? is. Whoa. It's so overrated. It's fine. This it's just it's, like, it's, it's like, just fine. It's, it's, it's like meat in like tomato soup. Like, come on. Does salt anybody can over just sauces. have milk? Milk. <laughs> I don't know what their cuisine is, but yeah, it's probably. Um, I mean, the one thing I will say about Minnesota cuisine is that um, it's all just like, I don't know, fucking with things. Like, it's like Juicy Lucy is like burger, but we put cheese inside. And then like, it's like round pizza, but we cut it square. Like, I don't, it's it's all stuff that doesn't make sense, which kind of makes me love it. Um, I love Philly cheesesteaks. Uh, obviously, growing up north of Philadelphia, I have a, a deep appreciation. I've been to Nashville only once and had one of the greatest meals of my life uh, there. I don't know if it was Nashville hot chicken, quote, end quote. Um, Casey Barbecue, I do think is overrated, especially in the Minnesota soccer or in the soccer community of just people like, you know, jerking off OK Joe's or whatever, which is just fine food. It's OK. Anyone, any, any of a... Uh, you guys, if any special, Austin has Ooh. great bur- uh, breakfast burritos. That's like what Austin is one of the things I've I've always known about. Oh, yeah. They also, they, yeah, Austin, they don't they don't count yet though, right? Austin also has some fantastic like breakfast tacos made out of pancakes. Mm, I've not tried those. Amazing. Yeah, I I, I did find a band I actually <laughs> liked. So, man, we moved. I moved on. Which Tom Tomorello played, okay? Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Tomorello's yeah. great. Um, okay. Uh next question is um uh BLM leftist shark says you're handed a plain burger and you have to make it tailored for yourself. What toppings, condiments, etc. go on it? Corey. I you, shall go first. No, Corey. No, go first. Okay, fine. Well, Mark's gonna go first. Fine, Corey, what do you got? No, 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 no. Oh Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Mark, go. All right. Yeah. I love the um, the Jiffy Burger at Blue Door Pub. So it is bacon, peanut butter, uh, pepper jack cheese, and then a slight amount of mayo on the bottom of the bun. Look at Rodrigo's face. All right, fair enough. Corey? Oh, it's mine is like I'm an eight-year-old. It's with a little bit of flair. Uh, mayo on the bottom bun, burger, Craft singles melted and then ketchup and call it a day. That's how burgers need to be done. If you're talking like just American, whatever. 
Rodrigo. Uh, well, are we talking double patty meat or just whatever? Single? If you want double patty meat, then double patty meat uh, for you, all buddy. Right, all right. So we have um, we have toasted buns, buttered. Uh, then you have uh, a small layer of uh, sriracha mixed with mayo. Mm-hmm. So you put that on, and you put your first patty. Mm-hmm. You put a slice of pepper jack cheese. You put your second patty, and then you put uh, another slice of pepper jack cheese. Then you have um, some bacon, some guacamole, mm. some tomato, and then um, use some sortado oil to kind of just kind of blend it all together. I'll say um, I'm, I'm a, a simple man. It's it's uh, blue cheese and mushrooms, etc. But um, at one point, uh, when when the like early stages of Blackheart planning, when we didn't know if it was going to be just a bar or a restaurant, um, Lydia, who's way better, like I'm not even a cook. She's a cook. She, we worked on this um, recipe of we want to do this um, full English breakfast burger. And you guys know the full English breakfast, which is like sausage, um, uh, mushrooms, uh, beans. What else is it? Tomato, etc. Full English breakfast. So we created a burger that was like um, part mo- mostly like sausage pork, but also some uh, um, beef and mix that together. And then on top of that, we had like uh, bacon and ham and then a tomato and um the only thing we could not get on this was uh, was beans, so we just had a, a side of, of beans on there. But it was we were planning a, a a full English breakfast burger, and it was fucking great. We made it like two times, and uh, I still dream about that one. So, did you guys know that um, you guys heard of Hamburguesa El Gordo over on the west side? No, they're actually opening on in Rondo, not too hopefully sometime soon. Where? I'm actually kind of excited. Uh, right at Victoria and Selby. Oh. Dude, I'm in. They're and they're going in the old um oh what's the um the um ramen place that's over by Jay Selby's. Mm. Yeah. Tori ramen. So I don't know where they're yeah, opening, they're but as soon as they're opening, I'm there. So All right. I heard they got good burgers, so Jeremy G. Rushing says you have to take one player, clone them ten times, and play with those eleven. Same skill set experience. Which player gives you the best chance to win? Um Jeremy, Our team? What? Our Minnesota or yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Um, I will say that I actually did this experiment once on fifty five one. I wrote about it. Um, I took it on Football Manager and I I took each player and cloned them, and uh, it was the first year, so it was like um, you had eleven John Albugas, you had eleven Christian Ramirez's, etc. I forget who won. It was might have been like Johan Venegas or something like that. Um, uh, but yeah. That's a real question. You take one player, who who would do the best? Dotson. Uh, Dane Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. No one wants to take the Argentinian? Come on. Just imagine that the optics of yellow hair all over the field, just like it'd be like actually, you know what you could do to, to differentiate him? You could just have him dye his hair different colors. The Argentinian. Oh, I thought you were talking about Chacon, and I was like, he's Uruguayan. Oh, Babylon was the Argentinian? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Cool. I, I, I was like, I was confused because I thought we were talking about blonde hair. Now I'm remembering 
Oh, oh you, you, you're expecting me to say Chacon. That would be the easy answer for me, <laughs> yeah, but Chacon. I would have to go with the Argentinian. Oh my God, it would just look like a bunch of children just playing on the yeah, no, If Bebelo oh, was out there, be corner kicks. If there was <laughs> 11 Bebelos, it would just be like pass, 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 pass. They'd never give, they'd give up possession like once and they'd lose three nothing. Um, <laughs> it'd be like 80% possession. What do you yeah. mean? 80? Although no, he's I'm really tired. good at recovering. Imagine having 11 of those guys recovering really fast. I'm going to say Michael Boxall would make a good 11. Chacon set pieces, they would all be like low driven crosses, mm-hmm. like short corners. That's um, actually the name of the team. Like, uh, a, like a Chacon, like Chacon team would be like watching kids in Woodbury go on a, on a, a, in, in a playground, like have a full <laughs> playground of kids in Woodbury just playing. That's what it looked like. It'd be like chaos and beautiful all at the same time. Will Carpenter says, What's the role of the striker in this team? Who knows? To be a target. Tell us if you find out. Yeah. Um, Jared Goyette has a great question. Have you ever written an epic poem? If so, what was the matter and what was it about? Rodrigo, have you ever written an epic poem? What what definition in epic are we using? Like epic is like um like uh like um Gilgamesh, these kind of, um, uh, um okay. Paradise Lost, etc. Massive uh, things, um, yeah, yeah. I um, I did an erasure of um, uh, um. Oh, geez, trying to think of the. It, it was a letter to. It was a. It was a letter to Roosevelt. It's a very famous Latin American poem by uh, a Nicaraguan Salvadorian uh, poet, in which he pretty like eloquently. Tells them to f off. It's a f you letter, f f you poem, and so like I did a, a series of erasures, and every time I kept on erasing and erasing my erasures to eventually like I nimmed it down to about six words. It's a very long poem in my upcoming manuscript that nobody will buy. I will. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna tattoo me, it on my on my inner thigh. Um, I I've never written. I've never been good at poetry at all, and um. So I, I appreciate it, uh, but uh, definitely not epic poetry as much. It's been a while I, since I've I read. Did, I did find a lyric book from my eighth grade metal band when we were... Wait, wait, you were in a metal band? Oh, yeah, yeah. What was the name? Um, shit. Uh, shit was, is a good name. Yeah, that's good for a metal band. Been, uh, it would have been more like Shit we're, Basket if you were in eighth grade. Uh, we, we were like, a. it was just grungy metal. It was just, but it was just very like, like sad boy fantasy lyrics. Wait, like, are we talking D and D fantasy or final fantasy fantasy? What kind of fantasy are we talking about? I, I was were just talking in that or one. Were we talking Picard fantasy? Oh, no, 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 no. It, was, it wasn't, it wasn't space. No, no, no. This is actually where it, welcome to the... <laughs> Scott Demerinville wants to know if uh, if you found any good playgrounds recently, Mark. Um, yeah, there's one a really good one on the west side, um, up in uh, oh god, what is that park that's on the Cherokee bluff? Park? Cherokee Park has a fantastic playground. Yeah, yeah, yep. Cherokee Park has a. It's good. Um, if, yeah, there's a lot of really good playgrounds. Um, of course, Saint Paul has. Yeah, you don't have kids. So. There's this one over here by. Um, um, uh, it's got like a egg shaped 
spin around thing. It was right next to one of the, I forget. Is that is that a missionary? I don't forget what it is. Seminary, seminary. It's it's on that one of those streets off many hearts. Yeah, I love the I love going to the playground as much of one as well as the playground in Langford Park. I, I think that's always a good one. Some good ones in Highland Park as well. Um, uh, you know, Scott. Uh, I haven't seen him at our playground because he lives a block from me. Um, uh, but uh, I've I'm now an aficionado, so I can I can go with my top. Um, five, which I believe are, oh shit, Highland Park is probably one of the best. Um, then uh, in Midway, probably, you know, Midway, uh, the new Frogtown um, Community Center, it, it's kind of cool. It's got a great new thing, but there's not much to do. And um, that means then my kids are going to ask me to play tag. And I don't know if you guys know this, but tag is fucking stupid and I hate it. Tag is the worst thing my kids make me do because I do not want to chase them. And because it's what like, is it's me and two kids and I'm chasing them. And then I tag you, them and then you they feel get mad like, that I tag them. Do you just feel like you're a lumbering Chewbacca just chasing no. after like, <laughs> I'm so little fast baby and Jedi? They're slow and I get them and then they're like, then what I do, the only thing that's oh. fun for me like Ray is they try to Chewbacca. catch me and then I do the ole and I literally just jump sideways and they can't catch me and I'm like, God, this is so easy because they just run mm-hmm. and then they try to hit me. Uh, just jump sideways. They're just, there's they're there's, bad that, at there's it. that park on on West Seventh area, right off Thirty Five. Nova like Academy. Like, yeah, the Victoria Park area. Yeah, yeah, that that's place. Great. The Nova uh, Academy kids, one is really good. Yep, that's this, a good one. I like that one. Weekend we went to a place in Longfellow um, that was full of definitely Longfellow families. They were all like, you know, fancy. They all had like champagne and shit like that. Um, they, they were just Longfellow, and that was a good. That was a good uh, playground. Um, it had like a little pirate ship, etc. Um, this podcast is way too long. I gotta go to bed. I'm gonna. But um, thanks for everyone. We got like way more questions this week than usual. I know, <laughs> so, right? Just be like, like hey, I, you I, have there's five lots minutes. of lots of questions about food. Like I have one here for best food places in Midway Hamlin, Frogtown. Oh. Okay, hold on, do it, do it. What's the best? Uh, you get so one. All the categories, not like there was a, okay, so I don't know. Somebody want to take one? No, you get one choice. You have to go to somewhere, one place. Is it Magic Noodle? Is it Fisica? JJ's. JJ's Selby? No, JJ's, the, the fish, or the, the oh, um, JJ's fried fish place. I've never been to JJ's. Is it good? Yeah. I've only, oh, the thing is, here's the thing. I've only, where is it? Where is it? It's past. I've only um, gone it as I'm it's on um, university past walk. T- uh, turf club. Yeah, I've, and that's the thing. I've only gone it when I'm leaving the turf club late night. And you're so, drunk. So <laughs> yeah, that's probably why it tastes so good. Okay. But man, you get a dozen wings and just throw it and like, all right, let's go home now. All right, for me it would be Tejo. Like if I was gonna pick Where's a place Tejo? where I'm gonna eat, Tejo is a Vietnamese uh, uh, place. Good food. Mm. They have the steak and potatoes, which actually give you steak and potatoes. And so like with like onions, it's really good. And they're yes, um gosh. Past Western. So oh, I've I've never been there. Um yeah, non bistro for me is the best place. It's it's the place that I've like checked in on repeatedly during COVID, because if we lose non bistro, I'm gonna get violent. But um it's it's amazing food, good patio. Yeah. Everyone knows how I feel about Chung Nam Bakery, so I'm not even going to say anything. So. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's in a different category. Yeah. All right, kids, let's go to bed. 
Thanks, everyone, Bye. and we'll uh, we'll all talk to you sometime in like the show next week. Bye.